this isn't to say that open rates aren't important. It's not to say that retweets aren't important. I mean, they have their place, but I think, you know, too often marketers use that at the top of their dashboard in terms of saying, hey, look what we did. As the president of one of the most premier marketing agencies on the planet, Matt Hines is a marketing jack of all trades. As such, today's episode is designed to answer some of the questions marketers might need to ask an agency, like improving your pipeline strategy, the most important metrics, of course, the alignment of sales and marketing, and how ABM is changing the way marketers look to target their customers. To start off this episode, I asked Matt if there's a best way to design a pipeline, or is it more about your individual business needs? Well, it really is. It's about your business needs in terms of the volume. It's really about your buyers, uh, you, you know, the unique way that they buy in terms of how that gets set up. You know, it's it's not okay to come in and just arbitrarily assign a certain set of lead and opportunity stages. Those may or may not have anything to do with the way that your buyer buys. They may not have anything to do with the stages that they actually sort of go through. Um, you know, there's some commonality uh, that I think exists, you know, in most buyer journeys, you know, starting with sort of the challenging of a status quo, a commitment to change that has less to do with you as a, as a seller has less to do with your product and service, everything to do with the prospect deciding to change, to deciding that an outcome is worth pursuing. And then they go through the selection of vendors and yada, yada. So I think that there's some commonality there, but you know, if you're selling to SMB, you're selling to enterprise, you're selling into, into sort of different industries, the way that you're going to manage that's going to be a little different. Um, and I think it's, you know, the, the devil becomes in the details in terms of, you know, how well you can match the buying journey with your sales process. Gotcha. And what are your thoughts on this whole idea? Obviously, at the conference, you know, it's all about flipping your funnel and trying to target uh, the highest and, and most important people uh, at the top. Um, and then obviously, you know, working your way down. How, how do you think that pipeline strategy relates? Should companies do that or shouldn't they do that? Or Well, I don't know. I don't know of very many companies that don't have, you know, a set of logos that they really want to bring on that are more important to them for a variety of reasons. It can either be, you know, higher lifetime value potential. Um, you know, sometimes you'll want someone just because the logo is going to give you credibility and you're willing to, you know, spend more, do more to get it. Um, most organizations have that. Uh, and so it, it stands to reason that, yeah, you should spend a little more time and effort going after those. Um, you know, don't just write a bunch of blog posts and hope they find you on Google someday. You know, um, you know, I don't think that that gives you a license to uh, start doing, you know, overly aggressive aggressive sales and marketing tactics. Uh, I think, you know, you can get, you can certainly spend a little more time and attention and budget on the right prospects that you're willing to spend more on. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of just being more focused, right? I mean, if you've got a target account, I mean, our sales counterparts do this all the time, right? You know, a salesperson has a territory, they'll sell to anyone who's got a dollar for the most part, um, but they've got a list of customers that they really want to bring on, right? And so the fact that marketing now has a very similar focus, the fact that marketing is aligned behind that target account structure it's really valuable. It's not a one. It's not a black and white thing. It's not a one or the other. Um, but by all means, spend more time and attention. Be a little more intentional on those customers that you really, really want. Yeah, I think yeah, account-based selling is sort of you know that's basically what selling you know has been for the longest time, right? And so now we're sort of seeing marketing. And two, I think this also sort of speaks to the alignment of sales and marketing, how important that is for a lot of companies. And I think now that we're doing not only account-based selling, but also account-based marketing, it makes that conversation easier, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it drives a level of forced revenue responsibility for marketers that haven't done that before. Uh, you know, it brings those two teams to the table uh, in a way that in some cases the companies haven't done before, uh, which is exciting. I, I think it also, it forces marketing to think less in terms of the top of the pipeline and more in terms of the broader business metrics that are important to the company. Um, so for instance, you wouldn't do account-based marketing to most SMB targets, 
You know, it's just not, you know, the, 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 the economics don't pencil out very well, right? And so you have to think about that as a marketer. It's not just like, well, what am I willing to spend on the lead? Now you're like, well, what am I willing to spend to get the deal? Um, a lot of BBB marketers still aren't there, right, in terms of, in terms of making that part of their calculus and, uh, in terms of how they prioritize their time. So it's, it's, a, it's a really, really effective way for marketers to, to continue the path to convert themselves from cost centers to profit centers, to mm -hmm. think like a business owner, to think in terms of the full funnel impact that their work can have on the business. Obviously, you went through a couple there, but what are some common mistakes that marketers make when they're looking at their pipeline? I mean, is it just, you know, not trying to, as you said, you know, look at profit instead mm -hmm. of looking at, you know, some of the other silly metrics that, that don't ultimately at the end of the day, you know, convert? Whether it's easy or hard to track, I don't care. The biggest metric, you know, for, from as far as I'm concerned for marketers is sales pipeline contribution. It's marketing influence on pipeline and closed deals. Um, that is difficult to measure. There's a whole handful of companies, some of which are out here, you know, at the Flip My Funnel <laughs> conference that are really, really good at doing that multi-attribution tracking. Um, but even if you don't have those tools, simply having a mindset around the fact that, you know, this isn't about top of funnel metrics. Like those are leading indicators to the, to the, to the numbers that really, really matter. And for many organizations, simply talking the language around that, even if you don't have the tools, even if it takes you a while to migrate your strategy, that's fine. But start speaking the language of a profit center in the business. Um, you know, spend time, you know, with your sales counterparts and learn more about how they do business. You know, one of the easiest and fastest things marketers can do has nothing to do with lead generation or demand generation to, like, impact the pipeline. Go find out the biggest constraints to helping your sales team be more successful. It very well may be making Salesforce.com easier to use. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, this, there's a lot of marketers that are embracing the, the, the idea that they are now, they now own sales enablement. And a big part of that is it's not just creating content. It's not just making that content easy to find. It's also making the sales reps day more effective, making them more productive with the finite time they have to sell. Um, so I know we're getting a little bit off of sort of pipeline marketing, no, no, no. But, but I think, you know, these, these are places where I think, it, you know, it, there are the, the boundaries that marketing has traditionally had that have been largely self, you know, uh, created uh, are blurring and or disappearing. And I think it's really exciting to see marketing being able to step up and go outside of the top of the funnel, go outside of lead generation and have a bigger impact on the business. I love it. And I love that you mentioned too, you know, you want to listen to and speak the same language, I think is what you said, as your sales team. So uh, what are a couple, you know, practical tips for our listeners to do that? I mean, is it just sitting down, you know, once a week and saying, hey, here's what you guys are doing, you can improve, here's what we're doing, here's how we can improve, is that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, there's no sort of quick answer to that. I think, you know, it starts with, you know, common um, common objectives and common definitions. You know, are you work, working from the same playbook? Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've seen marketers have an MQL goal and they think they're doing good because they call it MQLs. Okay, great. So, <laughs> but they've got this set of, they've got this lead goal that actually has nothing to do with the sales team number, right? I mean, you can have a common pipeline that just says can lead to opportunity, opportunity to close. There's a conversion right there. Forget breaking it up into different segments or whatever. Just like how many leads are required to get the opportunities you need to close 25 to 33% of those into deals. That's simple math. Like, I think my first grader can do that math. So um, so just starting with that, I think, is really important. And I think, you know, very few marketers take the time to understand how the sales team operates, to actually watch them follow up with leads. I guarantee you, if, if marketers were were forced to follow up with the more of the leads that they generated. They would put more time and attention into list quality. They would put more time and attention into making sure phone numbers are better. They would put more time and attention into the systems, whether it's Salesforce or a sales automation tool that makes those sales reps more effective uh, and more likely to get through the full lead disposition process. Um, we leave that to chance when we don't know it exists or we just say, oh, sales, stop complaining and just do your job. 
um, you know, unless you've done that job yourself as a marketer, or unless you've actually sat down and watched, like physically painfully, <laughs> had to watch what a what a salesperson has to do with your leads, uh, it's eye opening. It's amazing uh, the kind of things you'll discover, and the fairly simple things you can do to alleviate some of those roadblocks to make your sales team more successful. Is that just like a new KPI where you need to really take a lead through all the way through the funnel? Or I mean, cause right now you hand off an MQL, that's that's a pretty like important KPI. Is it, you know, making sure that they, you know, close one? Is that is that think about just from a content standpoint, you know, at the end of the towards the end of the buying journey, uh, most prospects, you know, even if they've selected a vendor, they go through a period of justifying the decision. You know, there's other people internally that may not have been part of the deal that now have to kind of sign off on something. So how can you as a marketer help your sales team get through that part of the process faster and more successfully more often right um like, like you, there's some fantastic salespeople that can create great content that's not their job their job is to sell right and so i think it's your job as a marketer to not just hand off a lead but ensure that the right content at the right staging the, in, the, in the sales process is is achieved and back to the idea of just having common definitions so let's say you hand off that mql like that's not a bad thing you shouldn't apologize for like oh we just hand off mqls as long as you know what an MQL means. The sales team agrees that that's an MQL worth receiving, and you agree together. Now, when someone meets that bar, what are you going to do with it, right? I mean, literally, like, when are you going to call them? How many times are you going to call them? What are the messages you're going to use? And when are you going to give up and give them back if they don't convert so that you can move on to someone else that, that might want to talk to you, right? And so that's where, and people talk about the service level agreements. Like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of those. That seems a little, if, you've got, if you have to actually sign a piece of paper to make this work, you've got more fundamental problems in terms of your working relationship. But, you know, if you're both on the same page in terms of what you're trying to achieve, those things just happen a little more smoothly. Obviously, as an agency, do you do you have a sort of a, a case study or uh, a company that you've worked with that sort of has developed out, uh, maybe even you guys internally, uh, this this alignment of sales and marketing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I mean I've given some sort of sort of generic examples that really are just drawn from the work that we've done with clients, uh -huh. where you know in some cases. You know the marketing team's generating leads, and they're happy. They're happy about the lead volume, but that lead volume isn't nearly what the sales team needs. And so the sales team's like, "Great, you know this is nice, but like we still got to go, you know, we still got to generate our own stuff." So simply, even if that number you need to generate as a salesperson is, uh, or as a marketing team is significantly higher than what you're doing today, well, the math is the math. So at least get on the same page for the math, and then figure out how you go sort of get to that number. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you know pe people say, well, it's not just about getting in meetings, but marketers that show up, that ask a lot of questions, that care about the sales process, that sit amongst the sales team. Um, you know, one of my favorite, like just, it is a tactic for just building better relationships between sales and marketing is like, go to happy hour with your sales team. Hmm. Like, I mean, there probably is a bar somewhere next year, next year company that the inside sales team shows up at around four, four thirty, right? Like, go buy a pitcher Bud Light for them and listen, <laughs> like you will get so much better feedback. I remember like when I was, I worked, ran marketing at a startup, uh, one of the startups I worked at and there was this great bar, bar across the parking lot. And like, you know, after four thirty, like it was mostly people from our company and a lot of salespeople. And no matter how many times I sit people down in, um, in conference rooms and try to get their feedback, it wasn't nearly as good as the stuff over Bud Lights and nachos at the end of the day. Um, it, and you ask the right questions and you take action on that and you bring it up again when you tell people, you know, here's what we've done with that. You get credibility. They're more likely to share with you. They're more likely to give you the benefit of the doubt when you tell them to do something that you need them to do, follow up with these leads, what have you. So um, there's no one size fits all. There's no silver bullet to this. But I think putting, you know, just being intentional about doing it um, and, and really operating from the same set of objectives is like super important. Final question here, Matt. Uh, what would you say is the theme so far at uh, Foot My Funnel? What's the, the key takeaway that, that you've got so far? 
You know, I guess the, the word I would, the word that keeps coming to mind uh, is operationalize, right? I think, you know, any, any new concept or, you know, whether it's a new concept or whether it's just new to a company that hasn't been really doing anything around ABM, um, it's fine to let people sit, sit up and, and talk about strategy and talk about approach. But like, what do I do? Like when I get back to my office, like, what do I do? What do I do differently? What do I start doing? What do I stop doing? What do I use? How are other people doing this? And, and, you know, both from people on stage as well as it's even more exciting, actually, just, you know, between attendees to hear people sharing stories, like the best practices, the worst practices, the things you hope, you hope no one ever has to try again and, and go through painfully again. Um, but, you know, to make this actionable, that's, I mean, this all comes down to doing something. And uh, I, this, this conference has been really good so far at, uh, at delivering that. Fantastic. Well, uh, how can our listeners find out more about you and about Heinz Marketing? Uh, we're on the World Wide Web. You can check us out at HeinzMarketing.com. That's Heinz like the ketchup, not the kickbox, marketing.com. And uh, on Twitter, we're just at Heinz Marketing as well. And I'm just Matt, M-A-T-T, at HeinzMarketing.com. So that's where we are. Thank you so much, Matt. Appreciate the time, in. Yeah, thank you. I hope you really enjoyed this episode from Flip My Funnel, and we'll check out our other Flip My Funnel episodes in our playlist on SoundCloud. Also, if you enjoy B2B Nation, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, and check us out on Twitter. We have the incredibly creative handle at B2B Nation underscore smarter. Thanks for listening.